Welcome to the Beautiful Step Podcast, where we run, stomp, tiptoe, and tango into the confusing, but beautiful world of togetherness. We are your hosts, Chris and Charity. Now, let's go make our together even, even better. better. You know, the other day I was thinking about a dream that I had when we were young, and it was the night before I went into that big meeting. That big board, oh, the board meeting. That big board, yeah, the room, you know, room full of people. Mm-hmm. And I was working for that guy. He was tanking. He was. <laughs> oh, he was falling apart. He was falling apart and taking the taking the business. The with whole him. thing was, and I remember like we were all feeling the same way. Everybody who was involved was feeling the same way. And I was 24 years old, man. I was idealistic. I was feeling courageous. I, you know, I was going to change the world. And I knew I was going to go into that meeting. I made a decision that day before the meeting that I'm going to go into this meeting and I'm going to call him out. I'm going to, you know, take him down. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to push. I remember you rehearsing everything you were going <laughs> to say. You had a checklist. Yeah. And I was, I was determined. And um, I remember that night I went to bed. And I had this crazy dream where uh, I walk into this auditorium in this dream and all of those people that are, you know, supposed to be in the meeting were there and they were all setting up these microphones, like really carefully setting up microphones all over the room. And it was really silent. They weren't talking or anything. And I walk in and I'm like, yo, what's up party people? How <laughs> you know, and I'm like, hey, and Everybody just looked at me with this blank, devastated stare. Mm. And one of them, uh, one of the people speaks up and goes, you have completely ruined the entire sound that we've been trying so hard to set up in this room. Mm. And I remember waking up and knowing I have to keep my mouth shut. I can't go into that meeting and just, you know, Go crazy. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And the craziest part is that in that meeting, I didn't have to say anything. The board didn't have to say anything. And this guy just started spilling his guts. And he, you know, he kind of came clean and everything changed from that day. Yeah. You remember that? I do. And that was the, that was, I know that that was the day that I learned the principle of the sleep committee. <laughs> yeah, you say that often now. Like, I'm going to take it to the sleep committee. I've got a committee up there <laughs> working ha- as hard as they can while I'm sleeping to make good decisions. Yeah. Do you think that you would have even thought to not say anything before you oh, slept? No. I mean, you know how determined I was. I was like, I had made a decision. You know, I'm going to do this. I There was probably 10 different things I could have done, but I had made a decision. You know, this is the way this is going to go. It was the only option on the table. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, um, (laughs) well, you know, I've been having problems sleeping because of my premenopausal self. (laughs) I know it's so bad. Can we stop and say the things that a woman's body goes through? It's so bad. Pregnancy, menopause, all that. So I've been going, you know, just having a lot of sleep problems. And so I've been doing research on sleep and trying to figure out, like, how do I improve my sleep? You know, I've been having rain noises in the room and, like, running the fans. And Hey, Google, play the rain sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah so funny. <laughs> well, but one of the studies I came across, which I found particularly interesting, was they said that even if you get one hour less 
of sleep than you need, which your body, you know, everybody's body is different. But yeah, some guy might need six, some lady might need 10. Right. Yeah. But even if you get one hour less of sleep, it actually impacts your brain tremendously. And one of the very first things it says that happens when you don't get enough sleep is that you have poor decision-making ability. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, no. Like, I have to make a lot of decisions. What What do you mean poor decision-making ability? And what they broke it down like this. They said... What happens with sleep deprivation is you actually overweight or put too much emphasis on things that you'll think are a reward. Hmm. And the flip side of that is you underweight the risks associated with something. Like you don't weigh them heavily enough. And I thought to myself, like, okay, so you basically become more risky when you're right. tired, which I totally and you don't weigh the costs. Yes. Yeah. Which I totally can resonate with because when you're so tired, you're just like, screw it. Like, I'm done. Do whatever. I'm going to get in a car with whoever. I'm going to do whatever because I'm just so tired. That's a, That explains that whole, you know, you hear those stories about those people stuck in those rooms at a police station and they've kept them up for two days straight and they're at a point of exhaustion. They just make whatever decision. You know. Well, because in the moment, then they're going to overweight the fact that like, I'm innocent. It'll come out that I'm innocent, which is the benefit. Mm. And they're going to underweight the risk associated with what's happening. You're in, but for me personally, what, what hit was, I thought to myself, <laughs> remember when we were first married and I used to hate if we were arguing or if there was something unresolved, even like a decision that needed to be uh. made and you wanted to go to sleep. And I'd be so pissed off that you wanted to be, and you'd be like, basically, uh. this is before you learned the sleep committee language, mm. but you were like, I just need to go to bed. Like we keep going round and round and I just need to go to bed. You're not going to win by wearing me out. I have to sleep. Yeah. But I was determined. And then I would like, I would stand at the door. I vividly remember in our first house, standing at the door, flipping the light switch on and on, like, wake up. Don't you sleep on me. And then I would scream the scripture, like, don't let the sun go down on your anger. <laughs> so funny. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And I mean, incidentally, that's all about anger, not <laughs> Making a decision, you know, and we have to make so many decisions when you're young. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Like I, in that moment, like I was overvaluing gaining resolve, wanting to not, you know, defy the scripture. Right. And then I was totally underweighting the fact that I might be saying things I didn't mean. I might be putting ultimatums out there. They were way too risky. Wow. Yes. <laughs> like I was not assessing the situation very well because I was tired you're sleep deprived i was so tired and we just couldn't get there and we wouldn't take it to the sleep well i wouldn't take it to the well, sleep committee you know we were probably fighting about a decision i'm sure, oh, we were fighting I'm sure. About and we needed to make a decision yep and we we were working backward yes totally it actually reminds me of how hard it is to make decisions when you're in a partnership is like especially when you're young yeah oh when not all the cards are out on the table, you don't have the life experience and all those other kind of things. Mm -hmm. But And when you're first parenting and you're like, okay, these are just totally, it's like a bunch of unknowns. It's like that memory game when we were kids where you have all the cards, but they're all face down. And then you're having to like turn one over and hope that you can make match over yes. here with another one. Do you yeah, remember that game? You connect them and, and then yeah. as you flip them up, you see the clear Picture. Right. Yeah. But in the first, you're like, okay, and then I'm going to have to remember what the other component was. Well, relationship decision-making is kind of that way. Cause it's like, you're turning one over and then I'm having to remember like what you did over here and try to figure out, turn yes. it here. Oh, that's so true. But what I love about this idea that 
you can let your subconscious mind, your asleep mind, your sleeping, your mind, sleeping yeah. mind, what you can let it do is it, it's kind of as if all those cards are turned up for you. Wow. And here's why yeah, I say this. Cool. Because what happens in your neurons is your neurons, when you're awake, are firing and making connections. That's how you form thoughts. That's how you make decisions. Right. But what happens when you have when you hit REM sleep, that rapid eye movement sleep, your brainstem actually starts to fire tremendous electrical signals, like tons of them haphazardly through your brain all night while you're in that REM sleep. And what it does is it's if it lifts all those memory cards up and floats them around and lets them make connections randomly, which is why you That's feel like beautiful. it is beautiful. Oh. It's like, it's like you are wondering like, why did I have a dream where Bon Jovi was on a unicorn and I was also <laughs> eating truffles? You're like, like, I'm not thinking about that with my waking mind, but my, my sleeping mind, I'll go for it. Yeah. So it's this like all your, all your biases are down. Your kind of constructs for what you will and won't think about are down. It's making those connections and they're not sticking because they're not really connected, but you're still dreaming about them, right? That's your, your sleeping brain. But what does happen also is because there's so much firing happening and things are floating up that weren't able to connect before, you do make more connections sleeping that you would not have made in your awake mind, in your conscious mind, because simply more things are firing and connections that you couldn't have made. So there was this really cool study by this um, German scientist, neuroscientist um, named Ulrich Wagner. And he did this study where he gave people like eight digit numbers. And then they had to find a, like a secret pattern in the eight digits. I can't even remember. I can't even be, I, would be so bad at that Mm. game. I can't even conceive of it. Yeah. But he taught them and was training them how they could actually find the hidden pattern. Well, so then he did this study where he basically put the eight digits in front of half of the group and said, okay, use what I've taught you to find the secret pattern. Mm -hmm. And then he took another group and he said, just glance at it. And um, I'm going to then send you home and go to sleep and then come back and you're all going to be given the same test tomorrow. They got there and you want to know what's crazy for the people who just went home and slept, but didn't work through the whole like progression of the training, they solved the pattern 50% faster than the people who just were, had the training to find the pattern. Sleep committee because, to the rescue. Yes. Because their brain was actually all of a sudden connecting things that couldn't connect normally. They were wow. able to see patterns in things that they couldn't sleep see with their conscious mind yeah that is it's so rad i it's an access thing i think you know what happens is you have access to like i truly believe that i have a committee that is you know working hard for my success and joy and happiness and like i have access to all memory right yeah. I have access to stuff like that my mom taught me and would say and experiences, life experience, yeah, feelings I had in certain situations, mm-hmm. you know, um, like deep intuition, just sort of like your yeah. deepest heart where you're at. Like yeah. all, all that stuff doesn't, isn't all clogged up with the day to day processing, you know, life's events or like, things you've decided. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so you have this committee, you know, Sitting, I love that picture. That's why I love that idea of the sleep committee because there's so many things that 
normally wouldn't go together. And they're all talking and they're being like this. And, and no kidding, when I am ready to make a big decision, I use that language all the time. Yes, you do. I say, hey, I got to put this one to the sleep committee. Give me 24 hours. Yeah. Or I make better decisions after I've slept on them. You're going to have to give me the night. It's such powerful language. Yeah, it works. It really is helpful. I think that there's another great thing that it does is it provides you grace. Like it's, it's giving you the time that you need yeah. to actually feel like I need to, pro- the, I, 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 these decisions are important and therefore I want to give them the time and every opportunity to make the best decision, which means the sleep committee should be involved. Yeah. So you give yourself grace. But then what I love is that you could also use that same tool to give grace to others. Like when your kids are tired or somebody at work is having a hard time and you can tell like they're feeling a lot of pressure to do something Mm -hmm. and they need to make a decision or your spouse or whoever you can actually give them that grace without them even knowing the tool. You can say like, Hey, why don't you go ahead and put that to the sleep committee and let's talk about it tomorrow. And they don't even know that you've just given them the greatest tool. Right. But it's a way for you to provide that grace for them. I love it because we do that too. It's like, you take this to your sleep committee. I'll take it to my sleep committee. We're going to know a lot more tomorrow. Yeah. And that what, what's crazy is my dream, I think, it, it, was, it, was, it was very special. Like we both remember it. And it was like God had downloaded something. It was, I felt really loved you know, yeah. by God, by the universe. It was really cool. And that's not necessarily what happens with the sleep committee. Like you don't necessarily wake up with like a vision from God or anything, but I, I know that so often I wake up just feeling different about it. Yes. You're not so tired for you're going to maybe yeah make the wrong decision because you didn't really look at the risks or you're overweighting the rewards. You just feel differently about the situation so often. And that has so much to do with the sleep committee working at night, just, you know, working things out. And what you can take on becomes different. Like when I feel rested, I'm like, well, I feel like I could take on this. Whereas before when you asked me, I was like, hell no, I can't take that. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. And so the other thing it does, not not just like you feel differently about it, or at least I feel differently about it. But the other thing is in the morning, I have such a different perspective, right? Yeah. So we were that guy that came by the other day. Um Oh, trying, to water. Us, trying to sell yeah. us the whole water system for our house, high pressure, you know, um, like softeners. Yeah, he's going to be, you know, and he's, he's like, I got it in my truck right now. It's a big decision. I'm like, okay, I have to redo my whole like water system in my house. I'm thinking, oh no, you know, this thing was built in 2004. What? Like, so anyway, and I was so ready to do it. You remember I came in, yeah. I'm like, I think we need to do this, babe. We should probably just get this done. Yeah. And I remember going out into the garage and saying, listen, on big decisions like this, man, you know, I, I got to, uh, I got to consult the sleep committee and, you know, he kind of laughed or whatever. It's like, I just make better decisions when I sleep on. Yeah. And I woke up the next morning and it occurred to me that there was another thing that I could do with Mm -hmm. the system. I just had to basically do a really hard rinse on the entire thing. Yeah. And see what was going to happen, right? I did that. And sure enough, we don't need a $2,000 or $2,500 water, you know, filtering system and all that stuff. And I just didn't have that sort of clarity of mind in that moment. 
Yes, which I think that that this is why it's such a valuable tool, because we should use a tool like this when we don't have all the pieces. Yes. When the cards are turned over and you can't quite figure out what to do and you're not making the connection no matter how many times you're turning over their side. Yes. Give it some time. Yeah. Most things aren't so emergent that you have to make that decision right now, taking it to the sleep committee. And particularly when you're dealing with emotional people, we have this friend who deals with a lot of emotional people, kind of like a therapist. And he has this great tool that I always loved. And when he told me, I thought, why haven't I thought of that before? I'm using this. It's so good. <laughs> but what he said was like, when he first started a relationship with people, he would tell them ahead of time, hey, if you text me or call me, I'm going to return your call or your text within 24 hours. And these I were friends that. because you might be emotional when you're texting me and I want you to be able to deescalate and take it to the sleep committee. I need to be able to deescalate and take it to the sleep committee and get some insight. And so you can know I'm setting the standard ahead of time that really 24 hours is what you should expect from me. And that actually set this amazingly um, kind of calm tone mm -hmm. for people that are highly volatile. That's man, genius. So if you have highly volatile people in your life or right. people that are like me, we're going to keep flipping on the lights and be like, you're going to make this decision right now. We're going to talk this. We're going to resolve that. For setting that standard ahead of time that like, no, we take things to the sleep committee if they're a big decision is, is really cool. Yeah. And it works. And I mean, I, I just, what a beautiful picture. The only, yeah. the other thing I was thinking, and this is totally existential and it's like philosophical or whatever. Okay. But what if, your sleep committee and my sleep committee get together <laughs> like when we're sleeping. That would be weird. You never know. It's how weird. It's how beautiful would that be? And that would be beautiful. I mean, we don't know when we're sleeping. It's a whole other world. Who knows who's on your sleep committee? That's right. And they're talking. They're like, yeah, she is not, you know, thinking of this. And your sleep committee's like, he's just being emotional. I think I would have to sleep for me to have a sleep committee. Poor girl. <laughs> Darn menopause. <laughs>